podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 11 of Zero Pucks Given, the ice hockey podcast for Chumpsford Chieftains fans. This is the Christmas special, so Merry Christmas one and all. Thank you for joining us. Strap yourselves in because this week it is super jam-packed, long enough to keep you going right through till the new year. We've got match reports from the Slough Jets road trip and our charity uh, night game at home to Milton Keynes Thunder. We've also got the Warriors results, we've got a little bit of news from the Chelmsford Ice Hockey Academy, exclusive coaches' thoughts, and three Chieftains joining me this week. Uh, this episode features Chieftains and Warriors utility man Jaden Balker, superstar goal machine Grant Bartlett, and captain Big C pretty boy Callum Burnett. So, a quick update on last night's charity efforts. The shirt auction alone raised £2,805, which is absolutely phenomenal. Congratulations to anyone that won one of the jerseys. And congratulations to those that won one on the raffle, uh, one of which was me. I ended up with Luca's jersey, which I forcibly removed from him on the ice after the uh, after the game. Uh, and it is absolutely enormous. So very, very difficult to try and find a frame to fit that in. But uh, I c- couldn't possibly wear it. I think I'd trip over it. So we'll have a little update later with the grand total that was raised, uh, the names of everyone that won a jersey and... Uh, and we'll, we'll get everyone their shout out there. Also managed to meet the lovely Karen and Roberta that were at the game last night for Aching Arms UK. Um, they both enjoyed their first ice hockey experience from the posh seats in the balcony. But they came down to the ice, uh, met all the lads and then were in the bench where I met them there. And uh, fantastic honour to have them with us. And hopefully we'll see them back at the rink, perhaps even with their families as well, as they did both enjoy it. So we will kick off uh, this Christmas special episode with the match report from the Slough Jets game on Saturday night. The game at the hangar set off at a rapid pace and on just 1 minute 19... Cathcart and Redmond assisted Holocker to give the home side the lead. Chieftains had a power play chance as English took two for boarding on 6.37 and just under a minute later it went to four on three as Dreeland for Slough and Rayner for Chieftains both took two for roughing. But on 8.26 Slough doubled their advantage with a shorthanded goal from Goodchild, Apples to Cohen and Soper. As the first was winded to a close, the jet fumes in the air from neighbouring Heathrow Airport must have got everybody's heads as the officials appeared to lose control. 
The fight on the far side from the benches saw Grant Bartlett deck Ty Cathcart's halls. Dan Hitchens and Dreelan also fancied a bit of festive fisticuffs. They both took five before Brad Byrne and Archie Salisbury were both ejected from the match for fighting. Asking Archie to come under the mistletoe probably wasn't the best idea from Brad Byrne. The Chieftain's bench were also given two for abuse and with all the penalties, on 16.39 the officials brought the first to a premature close. A short break for Egg and a calm down saw the resumption of play, playing the remainder of the first before going straight into the second. However, on 19.51, the Jets made it three as Holliker netted his second. The first finished at 3-0. Right at the start of the second, Dan Fay was also ejected for fighting on 21.23 and subsequently got a four-game ban. And it was now starting to resemble a violent night more than a silent one. On 23.21, the Chiefs were awarded a penalty shot. Cam Bartlett duly obliged, pulling a goal back for the Chieftains, getting them on the board. And the score at the end of the second was 3-1. Into the third and Chieftains had power play chances, notably towards the end, as Corkham got 5-plus game for Trippin on 56-03. The Jets then played the last minute 5-on-3 as Cathcart and Goodchild both got 2 for hooking on 58-54. Unfortunately, the Chiefs were not able to capitalise on their power plays and the third finished, the game finished 3-1 to Slough Jets. Short memories required for the boys then as they need to head back to the Riverside and get themselves up for what the fans are all hoping will be a fantastic game. Sunday night, home to Milton Keynes, our charity game for Aching Arms UK. Sunday night then, final game of the calendar year and it was a packed barn as hoped for and the special edition Aiken Arms jerseys designed by Sophia the Sign Girl looked terrific as the lads hit the ice. Cheered on by a very expectant crowd. A cagey start to the game as the Chiefs appeared to have a slight hangover from Saturday night's excitement, trying to force the play but it was the short bench visitors that made the pressure plays first calling on the recalled Petacek to make some top top quality saves in the first 10, in which the Chiefs killed a two-minute penalty as Burnett went to the box for elbows and the ice team had to spend a few minutes on claret removal. When the game resumed, Chieftains started to push the pedal down, but had to kill another penalty as Burnett went back to the box on 12.26, this time for interference. And just after the home side returned to full strength, nice work from Pentecost fed Cam Bartlett, who dangled a lovely finish past Bradfield and the Chiefs had the lead on 14.59. The Chiefs looked to be closing in on a first period shutout, but when an uncharacteristic slip from Czech left one side of the net open, some confusion onto the scorer, but I've given it to Ollie Nags on 19.02. The first ended at 1-1. The second was equally as cagey as the Chieftains struggled to find the creativity to break through Milton Keynes. However, when Callum Burnett took a third penalty in the 28th minute, a hat-trick there. A breakdown in the offensive play saw Neil Lydiard release TJ Fillery, who calmly slotted home on the odd man rush. On 34-03, Chiefs had to kill off another penalty as Cam Bartlett was giving two for the MK player jumping over him as he stood still, although I think the refs called it tripping. Towards the end of the second, the Chieftains killed off another penalty as Fillery took two for slashing. End of the second at 2-1, and all to play for, but Milton Keynes with only two lines available were beginning to tire. 
And 2.57 into the third, Ollie Baldock picked up the puck from a defensive error and slammed it inside Bradfield's near post. On 46.50, the game was over as Fillory and Rayner assisted Dan Hitchens for two and two home games for the defenceman. A couple of penalties as Otto Well got two for delay a game for Milton Keynes. Rayner made his obligatory trip to the box for tripping. Game finished at 4-1 victory to the Chieftains and as the fans joined the players on the ice. I made sure I stayed on my feet as I'm sure they would never ever let me live it down if I stacked it in front of all of the lads. Memories made and many pictures taken, although I was too busy waffling and talking to, to get pictures with, with hardly anybody and trying not to trip over Luca's enormous jersey that I was wearing. One man on the ice not in skates was coach Mark Saunders and here's his view on the weekend's games. Obviously, you know, to, cap, to recap the weekend away at Slough on, on Saturday night, you know, lose that 1-3-1, that was a bit frustrating. You know, we had more than the lion's share of opportunities there. We, you know, I think we must have been upwards of 60 shots. I think we were at the end uh, at the end of the game there. We just hit a goal that was, it was, you know, he was on his game. But, you know, everything that we shot was right at him. Uh, we didn't really find a way to kind of work our way around um, Brett Shepard down in the Slough goal. And obviously he played well. We got the uh, we got the penalty shot conversion from Can, which was a which was a hell of a nice finish. But other than that, we didn't you know obviously we didn't score on the night. We didn't score from open play, so it's something we discussed at the end of the game. Like, look, boys, we need to you know find different ways to get around good goalies, which the division has. You know, every team in the in the league has has, has at least one good goalie in there. So you have to find ways in those moments when you know when these guys are seeing pucks, you have to take their eyes away. You have to drive the net. You have to you know do different things. But you know. That's a, it's a learning opportunity for us, and then uh, obviously we have to think about you know kind of where we are and what we do with those sixty shots, and you know trying how, how we kind of how we try and get round it. But you know, fair play to to Brett Shepard down in the other end. I thought he was you know he, he was good on the night. I thought there was a few questionable hits throughout the game, and again, you know, when we when you carry in twelve players to a game, and a lot of it is because of injuries, you want the guys to you know you know be protected and and, and looked after, and you know. I thought there was a few one, a few hits in the game that kind of went, went on, uh, went unpunished there, which is which is frustrating, you know, for for guys that but you know get knocks and bangs, you know, knees knees on knees and high hits and you know hits to the face and stuff. But you know, it is what it is. It's it, when you're going with twelve guys, like I said, you want to make sure that you know the boys are keeping themselves safe and. Uh, you know, we, ultimately we did well to to manage our way out of that and not have anything long term. But you know, when you're looking at a bench, you've got 12 guys, and then all of a sudden you've got late hits and high hits and stuff like that going on. That that you know, you just want to make sure that you know the boys are taking care of themselves here. But um, you know, moving on to Milton Keynes on on Sunday, obviously the home game, four-one win for us there. I thought we were, you know, we were, we were in control throughout. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that there was any. Didn't ever feel like there was any chance that game was going to get away from us. Obviously, again, you know, a couple of guys back in the lineup. You know, it's great to have Ollie Baldock back in the lineup a couple of weeks earlier than planned. He was a couple of weeks earlier than uh, earlier than, uh, than than we'd originally planned on schedule. So that's good to have him back. And he was instrumental in there as well. I think he had a nice goal in there, which was um, you know, which is good to get him back and get him back on the score sheet. Um, but yeah, a good performance all round. And obviously, you know, the the, the charity night um, there with. You know, there was a lot going on. There was a there was a hell of a lot, to, you know, of, of emotion around that game, and I, I think the boys managed it really well. You know, the boys played really well. We had a really good energy to us. Obviously, like I said, you know, Ollie's back, and you know, when we're short and and can do so, um, I, I like to get some of the Warriors up, and as, as a one we've can, we've tried to do that so far in the last few weeks. 
Had a couple of extra guys up there. Obviously, Richard Pickering's played his second game there. Frankie Clover comes up and he plays his first games. You know, um, you know, hats off to to Frankie. I thought he came in and played really well on on the Sunday night. And you know, yeah, the, the the game was a was it was a good game for us. I felt like we were always in control, as I said, and we ended up winning four um, one. You know, it never really looked like it was going to get sideways on us, and I'm pleased we managed the game as we did, and you know, end up coming out four one winners. I thought the jerseys were outstanding, so. Um, you know, congratulations to the design on that one. Um, obviously, the two the two charities here, Aiken Arms and Four Louis, those jerseys and the collection pots and everything else. The auctions have have, uh, have raised four thousand nine hundred and seventy two pounds on the game night. So I mean, you know, that's a staggering amount of money. Um, I said it in the in the post game notes that you know what an amount of money that is and you know that the, the way people reach in their pockets in these moments is is incredible right and i think it's testament to to the fans that we have and i think it loops off you know kind of the last game of 2022 really nicely that the togetherness that we have it's very much a family feel at, at the rink every night you know the chieftains it does feel like a very much a family environment every every sunday when we're at home you know the building's packed. Everyone's behind us. The fans are loud. They, you know, they're always behind us. They've always got our backs. They're always there to cheer us on through thick and thin. And uh, you know, hopefully, as we turn around in 2023, we'll all be together on this journey as we, you know, as we kind of head down the the final stretch towards cup finals and uh, cup semi-finals and cup finals and the the wrapping up of the league and then obviously into the playoffs. So you know, it's pr- it's a pretty quick turnaround over Christmas. Two weeks off. You know, the boys will get themselves. Some rest, you know, some good family time, some some R and R in there for everybody involved in in the setup. Um, come back ready to go on the on the first weekend of of January, ready to head into what's going to be a you know a very busy and a very um uh, a very busy and a very energetic kind of twelve weeks, twelve fourteen weeks, and then a, a race downhill to the end of the season. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. But you know, thank you for everybody for the for the for for giving and donating as you did on on Sunday and as you continue to give I know that's a running total there there's a just giving page etc but you know to see everybody out there on the on with the skate with the with the team afterwards and yeah just a you know just a lovely feel to the game just a nice way to round off um that game and to have everybody out with us and obviously you know see the donations and the total at the end of the night there as we were all leaving was you know kind of knocked us all back which is which is incredible you know but like I said it's it's testament to to the family environment and and the way that the chieftains feel so you know thanks for everybody for their for their engagement and their input and you know the the support and being there every week with us by our sides through thick and thin you know our aim is to get better um as we hit january 2023 and and, and head downhill towards the end of the season and you know we look forward to being on this journey together as we head down towards the end of the end of the season so merry christmas to everybody from everybody at the chieftains including myself um and a, and a happy new year you know, stay happy, stay safe, and we'll see you in 2023. And we look forward to it. Thank you to Mark Saunders for his thoughts there on the weekend's games. Rest of the results around this weekend. In the NIHL 1, Raiders Junior were defeated 3-1 at the Sapphire by Stretton Redhawks. Invicta Dynamos took a 4-3 victory back from Milton Keynes with them. And Solent got themselves a shutout on the road as they beat Oxford City Stars by 6-0 at the Oxpens. Also on Saturday in the NIHL 2, the Chelmsford Warriors succumbed to an 8-4 defeat down to Haringey Huskies, so not able to avenge that late defeat they took at the Riverside a couple of weeks back. On the Sunday in the NIHL 1, Stretton Redhawks got a four-point weekend as they beat the Slough Jets by 4-1. 
And Solent Devils got a four-point weekend as they took a 2-1 victory away from Gilliam against Invicta Dynamos. Solent really have had an incredible season. Uh, next fixture then that we're looking, we'll be looking at Sunday the 8th of January when we return after the Christmas and New Year break. It will be the Essex Derby as Raiders Junior will be heading back down to the Riverside. Tickets are available via the Ticket Co website. If you bring that up and just type in Chelmsford Chieftains, you'll be able to buy tickets to all the home games that will be on there. Bit of news from the Academy as well. There was no results from the Academy this week. They did have their annual Christmas game, Elfs against Reindeers, with up to 50 players playing all on the ice. And uh, one of our guests tonight, Jaden Balker, being a referee for that, very, very fetchingly dressed as Santa as well. Uh, but we do have some news from their players that were involved in the England trials in Hull and Cambridge. So for the under-16s, that was Joe, Harrison, Alex, Eden, Luke, Joel. Hayden, Heath, Leo and Leon. Uh, Under-16s girls was Tilly, Summer and Lilith. Under-15s girls was Christina, Cara, Connie and Kira. And the under-14s, Reuben, Riley, Kayan and Jack. And the under-12s was Archie C and Rocco. So congratulations to you all for getting to the England trials and best of luck for you when it comes round to selection. Uh, what we're going to do now then is we are going to have a chat with Chieftains and Warriors utility man, Jaden Bulka. Chieftains. Number 12. Jaden Bulka, how are we doing, fella? I'm good, thanks, you. Yeah, mate, really good. Thanks for coming on, and joining us on the Christmas special. That's all right. Oh, so you uh, you've you've had a few weeks off. You uh, you got a ludicrous six game ban, and it was your first weekend back this weekend, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Did you ice yeah. for the Warriors on Saturday or was Sunday your first game back? Uh, Sunday was the first one back. Oh man, that's uh, what was it? It's about three weeks in total. Uh, yeah, it's about that. Yeah, I think I missed eight games in total because I missed two Warriors games. No, so did you? I'm not sure what you know. What you can say about it? Did, did you agree with the call? I don't think it would have been a check to the head. I feel like it was more shoulder to shoulder at west of boarding. Yeah, I think that the fact that the ref team called it straight away and as the linesman kind of shows that it wasn't a dirty hit. Yeah, I can't. I mean, from all the videos we saw and and people's different perspectives on different sides of the rink it looks more of anything it was just that you were physically a bit bigger than moody yeah he was a bit smaller so yeah it's a yeah it's trip dreadful shame for you to miss that much hockey over something so uh so cynical yeah no, i missed, but, missed coaching as well he weren't allowed to do that either no oh wow well that's ludicrous i did like you managed to uh to referee in the Elves versus Reindeers game at the weekend, though. Yeah, that was after my ban, so thankfully I could do it. Oh, brilliant. And, and fetchingly dressed the Santa Claus as well. Oh, of course, it's tradition. <laughs> <laughs> so, for you, mate, when did it all start and why ice hockey? Why, uh, my brother started playing before me, so we used to be back out at the alleyway. Yeah. And um, he had his presentation night and his coach, Brian Bidolf, asked me if I wanted to go try it. Because he saw me skating around, and I gave it a go. Did learn to play, and I was asked if I wanted to train with the tens and then the twelves, all on my first night. Oh, fantastic! So, what age were you then? 
That was eight. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was quite young. Not you as young are? as most. So you are quite a tall lad. Were you quite tall at eight? Uh, I was not. No, I was actually quite small. As oh, so you've had a sort of growth spurt a bit later in life. Yeah, sort of around senior school. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I, I became five foot eight and a half when I was 13. And I was the biggest one of all my mates and I've not grown since. Gosh. And, <laughs> and now most people I know are six foot plus. <laughs> Some people are insanely tall. Uh, did you stay at Romford for long or did you uh, end up down at Chelmsford quicker? Yeah, no, I was there for about a year, year and a half and then they closed. So then I had to come to Chelmsford. Yeah. So, and then you come through the, the youth set up at Chelmsford and then it obviously into the Warriors and the Chieftains. So, yeah, I've gone from under 10s all the way through. That's oh, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And you do a little bit of coaching as well? I do, yeah. I do um, Sunday mornings with the under 10s and Thursdays with Learn to Play and under 10s. Oh, fantastic. Do, do you enjoy the physicality of the game? Yeah, no, it's good. It, it seems the game is turning into a less physical game with all these rules coming in and giving people six game bans for check to the shoulder, but... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people I've spoke with other guys as well about, you know, the fighting. There's some people that want to sort of take that out of it. And and you're right, if, if they're going to start giving six-game bans for, for hard checks to the shoulder, then it is going to end up being a non-contact sport. Yeah, that, that takes out most of the game. It does, yeah. Do you ever, obviously, you've, you've played a lot of games for a lot of different teams over the thing. Do you have a favourite game that you've played in? Oh, probably under-15s, national finals against Nottingham. Oh, was that up in Nottingham? No, it was in Sheffield. Oh, fantastic rink. Yeah, that's been my favourite game. Was it a winner? Oh, definitely not, no. No, we didn't win nationals at all. No. Always got to the semis every year, but no. But did you you play personally well in that game? Uh, I can't remember. It was quite a while ago. I remember blocking a shot and ending up in A&E after, but no, it was a good game. Have you always been a, a defenceman? Because I think you, I've, I've sort of labelled you as a bit of a utility man because you do kind of pop up everywhere. Yeah, no, I've always been a defenceman. My first year playing, I did try forward, and then I found out how bad I was and just stuck to defence. <laughs> but no, I mean, obviously, certainly got the build for it. Tall, very strong, strong on your edges, very hard to get off the puck. So you're, yeah, you certainly are a fantastic defenceman. Do you, do you notice a difference between playing for the Warriors, playing for the Chieftains, whether it's... I don't want to say easier because I don't think any of it's easy, but do, do you notice a difference? Warriors is a different game. It's it's a little bit slower, so you've got more time on the puck. Yeah. So you can take that extra stride up the ice, whereas Chiefs is quite full on. Someone's on you quick every time. Pretty much, yeah. I'd yeah. also say Warriors is a bit more physical as well. Yeah, see, I've noticed the trend with that when the lads say sort of as you go, you know, down from, you know, perhaps Elite League into National and then one and two, it seems to get more physical the further down you go. Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Do you, do you follow the sport outside of playing? Do you follow a team in Britain or the NHL? No, I'm not really a fan of watching hockey. I feel like you're not, you're not in control of what happens. So I prefer to play. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the best way I've heard it put. Actually, it's a, I, I do find it quite quite common in a lot of sports. Actually, the people that play them, especially play them as often as you must play them, playing for two teams and coaching, that uh, 
you then don't really want to watch it in your spare time. Yeah, no. It's, it's better to play. Now, is there any other sports that you enjoy? Uh, quite, the one sport I would watch is NFL. The physicality no, in that is, is quite good. Yeah, yeah, certainly is a physical game. As I, I think I discussed with uh, with Simon Douglas, the photographer, it's a game I've never really been able to get into because it's yes, it's stop start the same as hockey, but it doesn't seem to have the flow. Yeah, that is a lot of stop start. But uh, so away from sport, then is there anything you're watching Netflix Prime, sort of keeping yourself interested? I just finished a Star Wars marathon. Oh, fantastic! Films and yeah. series. Just the films. Not a fan of the series. Yeah, no, but, I, haven't, I haven't done many of the series, actually. I think I did start watching uh, the Obi-Wan, which I quite enjoyed. But, uh, yeah, I think yeah. a Star Wars marathon might be on the cards for this Christmas break. Yeah, Obi-Wan was the only one I could do. And then I did a Marvel marathon just before that with the series. Oh, but, and all so, in chronological order? Everything. Oh, <laughs> how, much, how long did that take in total? Weeks. <laughs> it was a long <laughs> one, yeah. But it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Oh, man, fantastic. I've got a few uh, a few listener questions, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's fine. I've, uh, I've got one that's going to, or a couple, actually, that are going to go to all of you. Uh, from Jen Bailey, uh, how do you feel getting sent to the Simbin, and what do you think about when you sat in there? That depends. If if it's something that I know that I've done, so if it was like a silly trip, then sort of just disappointed. But if it's something like the check to the head, quite, quite pissed off, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> you feel... Feel like you've been hard done by. Yeah, I can imagine you do. And you can't exactly argue it because if you try and argue the ref, you end up with another penalty, and it just gets worse. Yeah, it does, and then they, and they multiply, don't they, with the bands as well. If you start they getting do. really shouty, so it's. A, I've always wondered, obviously, because when you've you've got the clock counting down, and I would yeah. imagine you're so raring to go because I've seen it so many times that. You know, if you can get the pucks a break just as them seconds are ticking down, you can almost then have an extra man yourself, can't you? Because you've joined the attack as quickly as coming onto the ice. Yeah, there are times if you, you can time it from like if the penalty killing unit are able to like stretch the pass yeah. up to you as you come out, you can get like a breakaway. Yeah, no, so sometimes it must be very hard to time, but so I have seen it done and it's spectacular when it works. Yeah. Uh, the other question I've got uh, is from Amanda that goes to all of you. Uh, Christmas-wise, mince pies, Yule log, or Christmas pudding? Probably mince pie. I'm yeah. not a fan of Christmas pudding, so yeah. Absolutely. I'm not sure what a Yule log is, but... <laughs> uh, Yule log, I think, is like the chocolate cake. but it's like, oh, okay. a, like a big chocolate Swiss roll. Yeah, I'm not, not really a cake person, so I'd go for the... Go for the first one. Mince pies. Excellent. Yeah. That's... That's my uh, my death row meal. That is, that finishes with mince pies, custard, and cream. Uh, I think it'll be it'll be good. Definitely eat a few this Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always my favourite. Uh, I've got a question from Charlie. She's asked, "Who's the most annoying but lovable on the team?" That's either one, Warriors or Chieftains or both. That's got to be Luca. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no <laughs> doubts. Yeah, it's Luca. He's certainly entertaining, isn't he? You, you got you got to love him because he's he's funny, but he can get quite annoying, <laughs> especially when you work with him as well. <laughs> she's well. She's also added here. I'm not even sure where this comes from. Here, are you usually good at ruining a birthday surprise? <laughs> yeah, I can be. Yeah, 
<laughs> What's the story behind that? Um, Charlie asked me to get a body warmer sign for her sister and the pen wasn't working. Yeah. And I, I gave the pen back to her dad without realising her sister was next to her dad. <laughs> so I think she caught on from that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So um, as she, she's also asked, I think we may have actually covered it, uh, were you bored on your six-game ban, which obviously you told me you weren't allowed to coach either, so it must have been horrific. Oh, you know, it's terrible. I won't be doing it again. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not Cam, fun. They go on, say again. It's it's not fun standing there watching. It's good to no, get mate, especially when you're when you're fit. As well, yeah. yeah, it must be terrible. So you know, see the lads standing in the bench, you know, when they're injured, and you know, there's almost like an acceptance within yourself that you know I'm here to support and I can't play because of an injury. But when you're banned for something that you clearly feel you didn't do, yeah, it must yeah, be very frustrating. Uh, Cam Mercer has asked, uh, how was your short stint down at Haringey? Um, it was good. It was during COVID. So it was the... Um, oh, the COVID Cups, was it? Yeah, Spring Cup. Is that and where... It, I think Pence was telling me about that. Was Pence playing in that as well? Yeah, I was with Pence as well. Yeah, so I did the first Cup. That was... It was a good Cup. And then the second one, my first game, I got injured. So it was a short, short Cup for me. Yeah. I had to watch the rest of the games. That was painful. Oh, God, yeah, again. But I suppose, at least if you're injured, it's a, a viable excuse in your head, I suppose. But how, how's the atmosphere yeah. playing at Ali Pali? Because, I mean, it looks like it's just such an incredible venue to play hockey in, but because it's quite quite open. Oh, yeah, it's, it's great. You've got, you got the fans next to you. They can shout at you through the netting. <laughs> We've had people being grabbed through the netting while I was at Haringey. <laughs> but that's no, a good atmosphere. So that's fantastic. Uh, and I've got a couple here. I would, I would imagine that there's a story to these as well. Matty oh, Turner has asked, how's the karate coming along? <laughs> is, is this in reference uh, to, to what you were banned for? <laughs> no, this is, this is more of a work, work joke. Um, <laughs> actually, if a fan asked me about this. It was um, apparently I look like Miguel from Cobra Kai. Yeah, so, it is certainly... Uh, my nickname at work is Miguel. Yeah. IT engineer. So. Yeah, I'd say there's a certain resemblance there. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that one. I can see it as well, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> and Kira has just said, show us your socks. I actually have boring ones on today. Yeah. You don't know you're a fan of a fun sock. I have a lot of funny socks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every colour, pretty much anything you can get, I've got. In terms of socks, Percy Pigs. Oh, I got Percy. Pig, I got a Percy Pig advent calendar. I actually, I don't actually even think I've started. <laughs> I didn't, didn't even know they had them. Oh, I feel left out. No, and it's, it's just chocolate until you get to Christmas Day, and then apparently there's a big Percy Pig in there. Maybe, maybe it's not too late to buy one. No, well, if if not, you can certainly have mine. I haven't even opened it. Inventive. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Jaden, thank you so much for joining me on the Christmas special. It's been really, really good to catch up with you. Um, I, was, I, I doubt anyone would know. I have known you for quite a while, actually, since you were a youngster. But we're, um, we're, uh, yeah, obviously I didn't catch up with you for years until I come to the hockey and saw you on the ice. I was like, oh, God, look at him go. <laughs> but no, brilliant. Yeah, so thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having Congratulations me. Congratulations on being back from your ban. I'm sure you've, uh, <laughs> you've got your one game now. You've got a couple of weeks off before Christmas. Uh, have you yeah. got any personal ambitions for the rest of the season with Chieftains and Warriors? 
Uh, Warriors try and make playoffs. We've got Cup quarterfinals coming up, mm-hmm. and probably Chiefs as much silverware as we. Yeah, obviously we've got that cup semi-final coming up for for Chieftains, haven't we? And I think all eight teams will go into a quarter-final for the playoffs. Yeah, at the end of the year. But obviously you've got the thirteen teams in in the second division, haven't you? So there's a bit more jeopardy there. Yes, I think we're ninth, so we just need to get one more place. Oh, fantastic stuff! Fantastic. Well, mate, thanks again. Thank you. Really glad you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you in the new year. See you later. Merry Christmas, mate. Ta-da. Easy, bye. Thank you so much to Jaden Balker for joining me on the Christmas special of Zero Pucks Given. Really do appreciate the lads giving up their time to uh, to come on and have a chat to us. And next up, we are going to speak to the captain, Seaman, Pretty Boy, Callum Burnett. Two number 36. Callum Burnett, how we doing, fella? Hi, I'm all good, mate. Yeah, I'm all... Uh, yourself? I'm very good, mate. Very good. Thank you very much for joining me on the Christmas special of Zero Pucks Given. Yeah, no, it's been my pleasure. Yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> that, your your first season at Chelmsford, uh, how do you think it's been going so far? Obviously, first season at Ch- uh, Chieftains. Yeah, it's, uh, I played as a junior for a little bit, but uh, first time senior hockey over at Chieftains, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think... The boys are slowly starting to click together more and more on the ice. Obviously, we had that blip at one point in the year, but we've uh, knuckled down, sort of put our heads together to find where those gaps are and we're filling them up slowly and understanding where we can go forward with it, really. So it's only really onwards and upwards from here and having a lot of um, optimism for the rest of the... Well, next next year, shall I say. Yeah. So you're... You're very young to be the captain of, of a sort of an illustrious club like Chelmsford. Do you think you've always shown leadership skills and where you were captain at junior levels? Yeah, I done. I did. Uh, I captained a lot of South East. I did a year England captain when I was over at Slough as a junior uh, captain for a long time there. Even at the old Romford in the junior teams, I had a little spell even with Hitchens, me and him sharing captaincy for a little while. So I've, I've sort of, I'm very familiar with the role. I let the boys know that at the start. I said, like, even though I'm a bit younger, I've, I sort of know, know sort of things that it takes, and uh, I, have, I, I enjoy the role personally, and I hope hopefully that's being seen um, by everyone else. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was certainly noticeable that small period in the season that you missed through injury. Yeah, it was noticeable that you weren't there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's always. There's always guys in the team that need to be a voice, and uh, I like to try be that voice for everyone. Try bring a bit of um, enthusiasm, bit as well, not just enthusiasm, but also calming people down when it needs to be done. And um, different situations need different approaches, and sometimes you just need someone to let you know what those are. So I like to try do that the best I can, and I think the boys appreciate it. And um, yeah, so. If it's if it's noticeable, then I'm doing my job right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think obviously it would have made it a bit of an easier transition for yourself to come in as captain because virtually it's a whole new team? Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of the guys I've either played with in the past, played against in the past, or um, played like with uh, even 
an older or junior level. So I'm familiar with everyone is at some degree, but it's just bringing that group together as one. As I mean, it takes time, obviously, right? Rebuilding the team always takes time, um, and we've we've taken everything to account for that while still getting results, which is good. We know we can still get more results out of it, and there's a lot of um, lot of ability in the team. It's just getting the ability out of everyone that we want in the right places, and I'm more than confident that's gonna that's gonna click at one stage. It already we've seen it in spits and spats where we uh, we dominate, and that's just where everyone's just doing their job, knowing their role, and um, being comfortable with doing things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. You can you can certainly see it on the ice when it does click. It it does create sort of spectacular results when it does work. Yeah. Um. So you've uh, you've done a little bit of. Uh, hockey for England, you said. You've also done a bit of Great Britain. Yeah, yeah. Um, did England, I think, two, maybe, maybe three years England. And then I did GB when I was younger, playing with some pretty prestigious guys. And it's quite an honour to play with those guys. Um, obviously, I had Kirky on my team and players like that. And um, you learn a lot from people like that. Just uh, And I think that, that carries over to what I do now, just trying to take on a what I've learned in the past, being in those situations and getting sort of passing it on to the guys that we're with today. And uh, hopefully it's working. And I like to think it is working because we're seeing things going well. Yeah. Have you picked up any of the, uh, like the dark arts from Lids or from Jib? Oh, the dark arts. In what sense? Because that's a very <laughs> open question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. There's, there's a brilliant slow motion video that's come out of like highlights of the game on Sunday. Yeah, and you can I see think. that when Lids takes a player to the ground, he, on the blind side of the ref, he like leans down and puts a hand on him to make sure he oh, ends up. Yeah, yeah. There's loads, <laughs> there's loads of little tricks like that. I mean, I got coached at the Old Romford by some guys that taught me loads of little tricks that you can do just hidden that no one can see. Lidsy, if you know what they are, you notice them. If you don't, you will never see them. Which is uh, it's quite interesting. Lids got loads of them. Uh, I haven't. I don't. I don't know what Jib is like because I've played against him loads, but I've not seen. I haven't because obviously I'm on. I'm from the D perspective, so I know all the stuff that goes on in front of the net and in the corners. So yeah. maybe maybe ask you forward on that. But um, I mean, I've played against Jib, but um, yeah, I, I haven't really noticed him. I bet that's that's probably how good he is. At him. <laughs> I, mean, I bet it probably is. Yeah, because oh, I've I've purposely watched lids in the because I sit up there. Uh, opposite the Zamboni entrance, so I get to see the defensive setup twice. Right. Yeah. I do purposely watch Lids because I and I do point out these little things that he does and it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, but and they and they they will just those little things will just get in people's heads and just niggle you all day. And uh he's such a calm and when he gives you that grin, I'm sure that just boils your blood even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That chuckle brother grin, you can't yeah. do anything about that. Do you know what I mean? So away from the rink, you're a personal trainer, which is probably a very basic term for what you are. Yeah. Training's a bit of strength and conditioning coach and I would imagine some nutrition and stuff in there as well. Yeah. Uh, do you think you're the fittest player on the team? Oh, um, I'd like to think so, whether I am or not, because I keep getting injured is another question. <laughs> um, we, had, we had a little discussion Sunday on the rink whilst you were skating around and I was talking with a few lads about... Uh, oh, I like, bet you like, can't pull fat and all that. Well, like, like a little bit of abs or something. Do you, like, 
every t- every picture do you lift your t-shirt up a little bit just to no none of that no no it's all uh i guess my instagram that's just all part of the job but um yeah, I don't go out doing it purposely if unless <laughs> people think I am and I am, I guess. Right. Yeah. Is is there anyone on the team that you think you could sculpt and sort of take them on and, and uh, improve their fitness? Everyone will tell I'm doing a terrible job if I told you what I'm trying to do at the minute. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got me and Hitchin started the season off quite well in the gym. He's doing really well to be fair, bless him, and he he's still he's um He's lost a fair bit of weight, considering, and uh, oh, he's, he's doing well. He's kept me, and the, his results are coming out on the ice. To be fair, he's playing a lot better, mm. and um, hopefully, we'll get him all trimmed up for the summer. Do you know what I mean? Get that summer bod going. <laughs> <laughs> what, I mean, he's got that time going for him. He's got nowhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> what for you is like the uh, the best sort of ideological body shape for a hockey player? Are we talking sort of six five, fourteen stone, or is there a, a bit of a difference in there? Hockey's a, hockey, I think, is an anomaly where you can be any shape or size and and get where you need to be. Like, if you just look at like the big leagues, like NHL and things like that, you've got players like Brad Marchand who are tiny little guys, and then you've got to go to the other end of the spectrum where you've got your McDavid's, who actually their build is quite thin and but they're still quick and fast. And then you've got the complete other end of the spectrum of your. Phil Kessels, who are just yeah, heating hot dogs on the bench kind of guys and things like that. So I think it's the only sport in the world where the if you if you it's a more of a hockey IQ thing. If you can play the game, you can play the game. Can't really avoid that. Um, but obviously, you can train to be as fit as you can. Like I'm not I'm not saying Phil Kessel isn't a fit guy, but because um, he definitely does his training because he's one of the best in the world. But well, I say best in the world, best in the league. There, I would say the world as well. Actually, he's doing better than I am. That's for sure. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, recently, I've not got the name written down of the guy that broke it. They recently broke the record for the longest shift in the NHL. I think it was six minutes two seconds. Yeah, I, um, I think Phil did a Iron Man. Like, do they call it an Iron Man where like they go a certain amount of games not missed or something? Yeah, like yeah, that. That, that was into the hundreds, wasn't it? Yeah, like that just shows it, he's. He's still up. He's still fit as a fiddle. Like, he might might not look it, but the guy knows what he's doing, and he's he's putting up the performances he needs to do to be in the best league going. So it, yeah, I think to get through that much hockey and not even pick up a niggle is yeah. I, I, t- I tell a lot of people, I'm, I'm like, you can look like you can run for the bus, but if you can't do it, you're a mug. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, a, it's a valid point, though, right? Like, it is, yeah, yeah, and it's something I can't really escape at home. So my wife's a personal trainer, and I, I do. <laughs> I, I spent six years boxing, so I spent six years in quite good shape. Yeah. And I'm not in that shape anymore. Uh, box, boxing's a killer. It's so up and down, like cutting weights and everything. I don't know how people do it. I've got a few friends that box and uh, hats off to them because it is tough. It is tough. It was my biggest problem because I'm only five for eight. So I've, I've got to keep the weight really, really low. Otherwise, everyone's a monster. Don't tell people your height. Tell them you're 5'10". Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's why I don't go on elite prospects for any of your guys' heights. Because I missed Rainer as five eleven. Um, he's got Rainer as five eleven. Yeah, yeah. That's about six foot. Then I say. Yeah, the picture of him and me of, of him and my daughter. He's barely taller than her. She's twelve. <laughs> uh, if, if he's five eleven, I'm saying I'm six foot. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, 
Yeah, that was, I was just to say the the training with boxing, and, and I know um, Nick Green and the Warriors was doing a bit of it as well. It just if you've got that fitness level and it can it can set you up for for playing hockey. Do, do you know off the top of your head sort of the longest shift that you've played? Well, I did a I did a long one weekend just gone. I think we had that five minute kill in Slough, mm. and I don't think I got off for that five minutes. And I was I was puffing after that. I must say, I think I came to the bench and Jem just looked at me. I went, I'm. My legs are gone. <laughs> I'm gone. But they tell me to go for a run. I'm sure I could do longer than four. Well, I'd like to think I could do longer than five minutes without nothing. It's just yeah. a different, different, whole different um, ball game is hockey, I guess, with the fitness side of things. Yeah. So when we, uh, obviously, with you're, you're back now playing back in the team. When you come back to the Riverside, how do you find the atmosphere? I really enjoy it. Um, it's a lot different because, obviously, with Romford, it's such a, bigger sort of like open area mm. you don't really hear as much whereas in Chompsford I feel like you, you hear a lot more and you're like if um, you go up in a goal in a game the, like the, the fans impact on the game is massive and I've always been a big fan of loud crowd equals good results because it just gets you going or even if you're one goal down like a loud crowd will just get you back on your feet sometimes because there's only so much you can say to each other on the bench before you're you're looking for some sort of motivation, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think right. the roof does help there because it kind of it helps the sound bounce from one side to the other. Yeah, and you're a lot closer to the ice as fans. Yeah, so every everything is right there on the side, and um, makes it a lot more immersive, I reckon. Yeah, I've got a couple of questions from uh, from some of the listeners, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Man. I've got uh, I've got a couple here that we're going to go to all, all of you, and I completely forgot to ask Grant, but um, I'll. Put it to Jade and I'll put it to you. Um, how does it feel when you get sent to the sin bin? And what do you think about when you're in there from Jen Bailey? Because you got a little hat trick of sin bin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that got in my head at the weekend, I must say. Um, first of all, uh, I used to be terrible. I used to get in, completely lose my head and... That would be the and that was I was close to getting that at the weekend because I just it felt like if I could if I sneezed I'd be put in the penalty box at that point. <laughs> but um, these days, when you get in there, you sort of you can either sit down, just chill, do what you need to do to reflect on it, but you try to put it whatever you've done out of your head as quickly as possible. Otherwise, you're just going to dwell on it and dwell on it and dwell on it, and that will just make mistake after mistake. Um, if it's something in your game where you're not clicking, you just sort of sit there and tell yourself, right, do the simple things. Um, if it's as simple as throwing, getting pucks deep and then chasing the puck or killing the game off or just doing your defensive role, then that's it. If it's a forward, like I just said, just chipping pucks in, getting them deep, um, getting the line change when you face-offs. If you have to take your game back that far to, to understand that, you're not going to make no mistakes in terms of ending up back in the box, which is going to put a detriment to your team. Then that's what it is. I think it's a nice little two minutes to sort of reflect on what's going right, what's going wrong. Obviously, if you concede, it's it makes it a lot worse. Like if you concede while you're in the box, you feel like to blame. Mm. But um, if that does happen, you know when you get out, you've got to go make an impact. So yeah. and and we, have been, we have been quite good on the kill this year. Yeah, I would say our kill is good. I mean, we like we had that five minute kill or at the weekend just gone and didn't concede. So, but I think that's credit to 
the knowledge we have in the D at the minute, like we've got guys that have all killed either on like PK ones or twos, wherever they've been. So they know what they're doing and um just staying calm in that situation and not letting anything get into goal scoring opportunities is key. So Yeah, it was a strange game Saturday, wasn't it really, with the the, the way it kind of went and obviously the physical element to it and obviously I we... mean uh, I think yeah, I shouldn't go naming and blaming refs because it never looked, reflects well on people but when things are not nipped in the bud early it results in things going wrong like that and mm. people do get hurt as a result of it and then blood boils on either benches and things implode and if it was nipped in the bud early, I think everyone could agree if they speak about the weekend to a player, none of that would have happened and the game would have gone on. Yeah. Um, but when you've got a young, fast team like that, if they're getting power play time, I know we killed off a five-minute one, but um, they, they're going to they're gonna score. Like, it's, it's inevitable and things like that. And yeah. then you start chasing a game and then you're trying to do things that you don't normally do, which could be for more mistakes and it knocks on forwards and forwards. So, yeah. And Shepard stood on his head Saturday night, didn't he, keeping everything out? Oh, no, I, I tell you what, I I gave him credit where credit's due. After the game, I said, mate, you, you had a blinder. Like, <laughs> there, wasn't, there was nothing against that. You can't take that away from him. He had a great game. So, Well, you um, were the men of the match, weren't you, between the two of you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I, when he came up for his, I, I said to him, I was like, well, fair play, mate. You had a great game. And you can't take that away from someone. But we need to know if a goalie's having a game like that, how to change that around, how to move them around. If plan A isn't working, stop using plan A, use plan B, use plan B, use plan C. Don't just keep throwing plan A at them because it doesn't work. Mm. The definition of madness, isn't it? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah, it's a caveman mentality. You've got to change it. You've got to know when to change things up. Yeah. Uh, so the other question here that was going to go to all of you, but like I say, I forgot to ask Grant, was from Angela Gatland. Uh, so, Christmas Day dessert, mince pies, Yule log, or Christmas pudding? Um, well, I'm a veggie. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm going nut roast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my answer to that. But you yeah. can't eat any of the after stuff. Uh, I can, but being a PT and that, I've got... Things I've got to think about. Like, oh, no, you're yeah. counting carbs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got to think about what my intake is. Oh, man, I'm not that strict strange. on it. I do let myself go. <laughs> I will have a bit of pudding. I'll prob- I probably won't go for the pudding. I end up just having a load of chocolate or something. Because like, I always get loads of chocolate in my, uh, what's it, Santa's sack, I guess. Yeah. So... Yeah, oh, that's what I'll go for. Well, I, I, did have, I did have a comment from one of the lads actually that, that was asking about why, like, are you being a vegan? Uh, yeah, they always they call me. I used I had six months spell being a vegan and I couldn't do it because I like cheese too much. Oh, so, right, <laughs> so they keep going on the vegan thing, but I'm a veggie, not a vegan. But did you tell everyone you're a vegan? I didn't tell them all <laughs> I was a vegan, I told them I was a vegetarian that I was a vegan, and I've I've cut, I've moved on from that stage. I've moved on. Yeah, I'm I'm a everything in moderation type guy. Yeah. Uh, I've got a question here from Joss who says, "Who's the most famous person in your phone book?" Oh, um, uh, probably Paul Konchesky. Oh, what, the uh, former champ oh, footballer. Yeah, yeah, he's coaching the women's West Ham at the minute. Oh. 
Yeah, probably. Him. I used to well, I used to coach his little boy. He's really honestly a great guy. Um, his kids really, really fun to coach. Uh, really enthusiastic. Good, good. But he's got his dad's mentality. He's like a mini him. So I, yeah, and they're just a lovely family in general, to be honest. Yeah, I was at, well, funnily enough, I, I will discuss with Grant a little later on that you're talking about having his kid having Paul's mentality, obviously being a professional athlete and a sportsman. Do you feel that Peter has brought that to the roster? Yeah, he's um, he's brought an element of just staying cool, calm, collective. Like there was a moment when he, I think his first game at Oxford. I, I pulled him aside and I said, just stay calm, just shut the door, you've got this. And then after he walked off, I just went, I've just told Petcek to stay calm. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> but it's what it is. Like, he, he pulled it out of the bag in the end. And he's, he's a really nice guy. Like, it's just, um, he's happy to get involved with all the guys banter. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he's, he's chill. Right, good, good stuff. Uh, I've got a question for, uh, I'm sure you were probably expecting something to come from from the lads. Uh, Hitchens has asked or said that he heard you like a nurse's outfit. Oh, no. I'll give the real story. He's dropped himself in that. Um, so well, Dan's, Dan's coming on first week of January, so we can certainly set him up. He's dropped himself in that. So I think it was a couple of secret centers ago, back when I was playing at Romford, um, he came to hospital with me to, to sort out when I broke my wrist. So I got him for Secret Santa a for his other half a sexy nurse outfit, and the rule was you either have to get her in it and show everyone, or you got to wear it out. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, You're not going to tell me which one he went for. Uh, he wore it out. He wore. He it wore out. it out. What he wore name? it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got photo evidence of it somewhere. I can't remember where. <laughs> He, he wore it out. He had the hat on, everything, and he um, seemed to like it a bit too much. I think so maybe he likes dressing up that way. <laughs> I mean, I'll let him. I'll let him elaborate on that. It takes all sorts, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, each to their own. If that's what he likes, that's what he likes. But um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm sure we'll get him to elaborate on that in January. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cal, thank you so much for joining me on Zero Pucks Giving. It's been real great to talk to you. Get a get an update from you on know how you're going in the team and obviously fans' questions. Uh, you got any personal ambitions for the rest of the season? Personal ambitions? Let's get some silverware. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's uh, not just for me. That's for everyone. And uh, I think we owe it to the club, press team, uh, to show that we have got that capability. And I'm more than confident that it will happen. If you manifest things and you do things the right way, good things come from it. So just be be positive keep the crowd nice and loud for us and um, we'll put the results out on the table for you boys. So, Good man. Good man. Yeah. Nice one. Thank you very much then, Cal. We'll see no, you Merry Christmas. Take care. Merry Christmas to you. Take care. A huge thanks to Cal and Burnett for joining me on the Christmas special of Zero Pucks Given. Great to speak to the captain. Great to have you back on the ice for the Chieftains as well. Now it's time for Hit of the Week. Hit. Hit of the week this week then, and it's not going to a check, but it's going to a punch, as there was a few fights to choose from on Saturday night, but we're going to go for Grant Bartlett, who absolutely smashed Ty Cathcart's nose 
leaving the uh, the blood all over the ice just in time for Christmas. Hit of the week is our guest that we're going to speak to now, Grant Bartlett. Grant Bartlett, how we doing, fella? All good yourself? Yeah, mate, really good. Thanks for coming on and joining us on the Christmas special of Zero Pucks Given. No problem, look forward to it. Yeah, so a weekend of two halves just gone. Well, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, it was tough. I mean, going into Slough, they're a good team at the moment. They've uh, been together for a few years now, so they're never easy to break down. That goalie, I don't know even fucking name, you don't know his name, that Shepherd stood yeah. on his head on Saturday. Um, we just couldn't break him down. We tried everything we physically could. It's just, it wasn't our night. But to get away with two points on a Sunday... We've done all right. I mean, we'll have the Christmas break and we'll get back to it after that. Yeah, hopefully get some players back off the injury roster as well. Yeah, there's a lot of boys coming back after the, um, the break. So we should have a full team. We'll probably have a couple of injuries, you know what it's like. But hopefully yeah. we'll have a lot of them back and fit to play. Yeah, I think I've got the stats from Saturday night. I think it was 63 shots in total. Yeah, that's a lot of shots. Yeah, and the, obviously the only one he conceded was a penalty shot. So it's... yeah. I mean, we yeah. put shots in from every angle possible and fair play to the guy who stood on his head and got him to win. Right. And there's a little bit of uh, argy-bargy, I, I suppose you could say, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty physical game. It was enjoyable to play in. Yeah, is that, is, do, do you prefer that sort of physical edge in the yeah, game? Yeah, it, it keeps it interesting. I mean, no one wants to play a fast-paced game without any hits or anything. It's, it's what we play the game for. It's where everyone wants to play, to make the big hits. To have to fight, yeah. score the goals. Well, I've got uh, one of the questions that came in from one of the listeners. I've actually completely misplaced their name, but it's something I was going to speak to you about anyway. That you did uh, had a little tilt with Ty Cathcart on the weekend, and I understand you guys had a bit of a roughing issue last time we went to the hangar. So, is there a bit of history there with you two? Uh, I'm not really sure there's a bit of history. I mean, it, these things just happen. I mean, we we all fight. The moment of when it happened, it happened. I mean. We had a few words, we spoke about it, and he asked his guys that he could fight, and that's the rest of his history, really. Yeah. And you splattered his nose all over his face. Sure did, unfortunately <laughs> for him. <laughs> but it's part of the game. It is indeed. So, I mean, obviously, with your youth career, we've had Camrod already, so that was all the same, wasn't it? You guys played together right the way through. Yeah, I mean, apart from the two seasons I missed out for injuries. Of course. I've, yeah. yeah, I've obviously... Yeah, we've been together the whole way through it, really, 24 years now. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you go down yourself and Cam in, in many minds, as, as well as mine, as two of the best players Chumps have ever had. Do you feel any pressure sometimes to perform, or do you just go out there and enjoy doing what you love? I mean, there's always pressure. There's always going to be pressure, because it's a game where we all want to win. So, it's about how much that pressure hits you. If you let it hit you, then you're never going to perform on the night. Some nights you'll have an off night because, let's be fair, we're only semi-pro. We'll do it for a hobby. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's enjoyable to have the pressure knowing that you've got to perform. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, even as you say, you know, semi-pro level, there's, you know, sometimes you get a thousand people in the Riverside and it's absolutely rocking. And it, I mean, it must feel like a little bit of, of pressure regardless, <laughs> just having that many fans. I've never actually felt the pressure of the fans. It's, I've sort of always fed off it. Yeah. So I've always had people who give abuse, shout abuse, and I'm the type of guy that feeds off that. So the more they give it, the better I play. So it's always, it's always nice in that way. It's, it's, you're quite fortunate, really. Yeah. But, I mean, this season you've been goal-scoring galore, absolutely incredible stuff. And, and last season, despite serious injury, you managed to get 31 points in 22 appearances. Do you fancy yourself to better that this season? 17. Oh, 17. Played 17 games. And 31 points in 17 games. So do, yeah. do you fancy yourself to better that then this year? Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I'm on already, um, but I definitely, I'm. Yeah, I'm trying to at least, hopefully, around the fifty point mark would be nice. I mean, I've had a few games now where I haven't scored, I've been putting up assists and whatever else. But in the new year, hopefully, get back to the scoring ways. Yeah, I, I haven't got many stats in front of me. Obviously, we all know we're struggling and getting stats from the. Uh, the yeah, AI I know. But it's um. Yeah, for for us of us that loved it, love to to get them, that's become quite a frustration. So, I mean, speaking of frustration, last year it must have been really frustrating to play as well as you did, and then have to watch the playoffs from the bench. It was a, is it it does suck. I mean, the the way the injury happened was just unfortunate and a bit of bad luck as well as a bit of stupidity from the player. But at the same time, it happened and the only way to deal with it was try and rest and recover, which I didn't do well, hence I was out for so long. But to watch the playoffs and lose in the final, knowing that we got to the final and it could have all been different, it is what it is. I mean, we can't change it. We can't go back in time right now. But we're trying to go for it this year instead. I mean, that's the only way to bounce back. Yeah, I would imagine that you, you... Probably think yourself. I know you're a confident lad. That had you have been there, the chances would have increased to take the trophy that year. It would have definitely, without being big-headed, obviously, mm. um, it would have been a different outcome. I think personally, yeah. but I wouldn't have made the impact of what the game. It would have just changed the game slightly in little ways all through the year because it's, it just strengthens the team up a tad more. That we were already strong last year as we were. But obviously, when you get a line clicking like we was, me, Cameron and Pence, yeah. it's hard to stop us. Yeah, and when you add in the ability and experience of Stano into that line as well. It was... Yeah, exactly. The, it, we was deadly on the power play. We were dead, well, deadly on five on five. So when, when you think of it like that, it's hard to lose games, really. Yeah. I've I've noticed this year actually we we tend to be quite good on the penalty kill. Is that something that you're working on in training? Uh, we definitely do work on. Well, we work on a lot at the moment because there's a lot of new guys. We've had to throw in a fair few new drills and systems to try and get the guys to buy into things. One of them's putting pucks deep. Um, it it all just depends on the night and who we're playing. Obviously, we set up for that weekend. It all could change on a Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, obviously, with say who you got available and then and who you're playing. Yeah, exactly. So if, if you're playing someone like Scrum, you'd set up different to someone you're playing like Milton Keynes. 
Yeah. Have you got a favourite rink that you've played at? Uh, have I got a favourite rink? Let me tell you, it's definitely not Solent. Yeah. <laughs> I say, aside from the fact it's freezing down there, there's bumps in the corners and all sorts it's, of things. It's the worst rink I've played in. <laughs> um, don't really know. There's some nice rinks. Don't really have a favourite as such. The bigger ice pads are always better, obviously. Yeah. Cardiff was a nice rink. The new, the new rink. Um, yeah, I said Cardiff and Milton Keynes are the sort of only arena type ones that we've got in. Yeah, and Guildford was always a nice rink to go and play in. Yeah. Apart from that, there's not. Well, our league obviously doesn't have many big arenas, shall we say? That's no, a lot of leisure centres, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But uh, but most, I mean, most teams do do get them quite full and create good atmospheres. Not as much as the Chieftains, I must say. No. One of the best supported on the travel, but also at home as well. It's yeah. Well, we we seem to get just shy of a thousand most weeks, so which is always good. But Streatham always do fill out, and it is noisy down there, which is nice to play in. Yeah, yeah. The high roads actually it's, it's a great venue for atmosphere down there. Yeah, exactly. But uh, do you think I, mean, we, I discussed it with a few people when Peter arrived in the squad? Do you think that his experience as a professional athlete and his winning mentality has rubbed off on the lads? Oh, it's definitely helped because the guy, obviously, he is. Everyone knows who he is. I mean, his experience is next to none. He's helped us in little ways and big ways, and he's always cheered the lads up in a way and. It, he's, he's a good guy to be around as well. He's very helpful and he'll always rub his knowledge off on everyone. But it's the same as Lids. He's always done it. He's played in top levels and there's a lot of boys that listen to people like him. Yeah, I, I've, I've discussed before. I think we've got a great blend of youth and experience Yeah, within the roster. And it's. I think a few people knew it weren't going to click in September. It weren't going to click in October or November. But once it starts to actually get going, we're going to be pretty tough to beat. Yeah, like you look when we played Streatham and we actually clicked as a team when we had a full roster. Mm. It was a good game against them, beating them five three in their own barn. It's it just works. We stuck to our systems and put pucks deep, and it really worked for us. Yeah, some cracking goals in that game as well. Yeah, there really was. So I've got a couple of a uh, couple of listener questions here, if you don't mind. Yeah, go on. Uh, I've got one from someone who I think may have been a former teammate of yours, Frankie Sabini. Oh, here we go. Yeah. It's not it's not that bad. He's actually I think it's a great question. He's asked you, would you rather be a PGA golfer or an NHL star? Oh, that's a serious question. Oh, he knows as well. <laughs> I mean, if I had to pick one, probably be NHL. Just because you can fight and do what you gotta do. But Yeah, you can't really do that at Augusta. Can you? <laughs> no, you can't. But also I'd love to be touring the world playing golf. Uh, what do you think of the uh, the live tour and everything that's going on with that in golf? I don't agree with it. It's just a money hack. That's all that is. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. It seems like they've taken one of the purest sports in the world and tainted it. it, it it's not... Uh, everyone plays for a four-day event, but and they've all of a sudden put it down to three and you guarantee to win a pot. It's, it's more a money clause. That's all that is. Yeah, we had the news today that the live live tour players are actually going to be allowed to play in the Masters. Yeah, that's, I don't agree with that either. No, but they're uh, they're going to constantly be after Tiger and Rory and 
Jordan Spieth, otherwise their product is just going to dwindle, isn't it? So, well, yeah, that's the thing; they have to be. So, have you got? Uh, obviously, you know you love your golf. Is your handicap lower than Cam's? Uh, yeah, not by much, though. <laughs> Both in the single figures, then. Yeah, low single figures. Yeah. But is there, and is there any other sports that you fancy? Not really. We obviously wouldn't class it as a sport, but we hunt. We yeah. shoot, we fish, we do all that sort of stuff. We're, we're quite active. Yeah. Do you uh, do competitive fishing or is it just for fun? No. Uh, one of the questions that are coming from the listeners we've actually spoke about earlier was, was talking about the size of the crowd and the and the size of the support that we get and how it must feel for you. So obviously we've discussed perhaps getting some negative from the crowd and you feed off it, but when you score and the whole barn goes up, that must feel incredible. I mean, it, it's definitely um, a spine singular. Um when you do score in a big moment in a big game and you know it needs to happen, then it, it, it's a different feeling to scoring in a normal game. It's it's one you're going to remember. And I'll tell you, on goals we're going to remember, the goal you scored against Oxford City Stars in the Cup a couple of weeks back. Oh, no. Do you know what that's called? I still can't find the word for it. Oh, I do, but I've actually gone blank. Yeah. Oh, my God. Let me... Uh... Aside from mind blowing, it's. I'm sure there's a. I've a only ever done it a couple of times, and it's actually worked. Yeah, I saw you attempt it again at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it probably wasn't the right moment being one all with Oxford to do it, but I pulled it off, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that was yeah, absolutely incredible. There was a fantastic video of it as well. It was Julie Boyd who stood behind. Yeah, that. I see that. Yeah, so great angle of it. It was um. It was a pretty nice bar down goal. Yeah, and you can see the reaction of the Oxford players. It's just like... I mean, I was full-on expecting to have to fight someone after I scored that goal. Yeah. <laughs> but no one said anything, which was strange, but good. I yeah, guess. but I suppose that's sort of almost like it rubbing it in their face would normally sort of generate a reaction, wouldn't it? Well, it's it's a bit similar to riding a stick down the middle of the ice. It's, you're asking for a reaction off the other team. Yeah. Um, and not scary reaction sort of shows, but at the same time, they, I don't know what they were thinking, but probably wouldn't happen against us. Nah. So we're now in the, the semi final of the Britain Cup. Yeah. Um, Slough Jets or Solent. So obviously, it's, it's a two legged element to this cup. So it's yes. not like the playoffs, and that really does open it up. So, yeah. Um, obviously, we've got league games coming up before that, but is that in the back of the, of the guys' minds? Uh, I wouldn't say it's in the back of guys' minds. I'd say that we're just taking it week by week, and when that week comes, it's going to be a serious week. Everyone at training, everyone here, buying the systems, do what we've got to do, and hopefully get the job done to bring out well, get into the finals. Yeah, I think that's unless obviously Stretton finished bottom of that group, so they're not going to be able to do the same feat that they managed last year. But there's, no. I mean, Solent have had such an incredible season this year that they're so hard to beat. They will be stoppable, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the last time they came to ours, I think it was 4-2, but we were the better team for 55 minutes. Yeah, definitely. We just got... The problem is we, we started slow, and when we start slow, it punishes us early. If we didn't start how we did, it would have been a 2-1 game. Yeah. It's gutting to say, but we've got to learn from our mistakes and carry on. And like I said earlier put pucks deep and just work on our systems. Yeah, fantastic. So then, have you got any more personal ambitions for the season? Obviously, to beat last year's points total, but 
Have you got anything particularly in your mind, the playoffs, the cup? Uh, obviously, we just want to win as much as we physically can. Um, but at the same time, if we can, I'd like to win the playoffs. The playoffs is a big one for me. Yeah. But obviously, we've we've all got to buy in and we've got to finish high as we can so we get a good draw. Um, but again, that isn't, it's not over yet. There's a lot of games to be played. There's a lot of hockey and we can still do it. We just just put puck Steve and we just carry on putting goals away, hopefully. Yeah, 100% agree. Grant, thank you so much for coming on and joining me tonight. No problem um, at all. I also want to put out to you just to thank you for your help and everything. When I started this podcast, you reached out to me yeah. and made it really easy for me to get the players on board so that everyone could come on and have a, and have a chat because um, the fans love it when the players come on. Um, yeah. And the chats I've had with you guys, you know, on the phone, on the ice or wherever, you guys enjoy it as much as I do as well. So everyone's having having good fun. Exactly that. It's all about fun. Exactly. Yeah, you're all there for a hobby. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're playing the sport you love for a hobby. We're all there to support you. So, yeah, everyone's yeah. having fun. Everyone's yeah. a winner. Exactly that. And hopefully there's a few more wins in the new year. I hope so indeed. Grant Bartlett, yeah. thank you so much for joining no me. Problem. A wonderful Christmas with your family. And you. And we will just touch on quickly, um, Sunday night was obviously the charity game for Arms UK. Yep. The total raised, I think, it was 4,786. 4,972. 972. So just under five grand. Just Fantastic. Five grand. Thank you to everybody who donated through the buckets, the shirt auctions and the the cupcakes and everything that were there. I think that's a terrific night. Um, you know, wonderful that we're involved with them. Obviously, tragic circumstances. But thank you so much for ha- having that involvement with them. And we could all come together and do that for them. Yeah, it was great. It was a good amount of money raised for a good charity. Yeah. Um, we have got the other charity still. For Louis, yes. For Louis. Um, obviously, we've got to raise 10 grand and we've got six of us and we're probably going to end up getting more of the teams to shave their head and hopefully we can get two fans to come and shave some players' heads with us. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I mean, you've seen my head. I'm very experienced in shaving heads. So yeah, that's... so it might be your lucky day. <laughs> yeah, I've got a cutthroat razor as well, so I can do it properly. Oh, exactly. That's what we need. <laughs> what we need. Grant Bartlett, right. a lovely family Christmas and we'll see you in the new year. Thank you. See you later. Ta-da, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A massive thank you to Grant Bartlett for joining me on the podcast for the Christmas special. Uh, just then to top up with the, the charity night from Sunday, obviously, as Grant said there, we raised a total of £4,972 through the shirt auctions, through the raffle tickets, through the cupcakes and the donation buckets, which is absolutely fantastic for Aiken Arms UK. Uh, just to run through the jerseys then that were won via auction, uh, TJ Fillery's was won by Sarah Cowell, Neil Lilliard's was won by Rupert, Kieran Rayner's was run, won by Paul, Sasha Maltsev was won by Andrew Burgess, Jaden Balker's jersey was won by Troy Coxon, Harry Harcups was won by Simon Douglas, uh, Ollie Baldock's was won by Mark Adams, Anthony Leone's jersey was won by Sophie Ashford, Danny Wright's jersey by Sarah Cowell, Archie Salisbury's jersey was won by Dave R. Ethan Reeds was won by Danielle. Kean Lloyd's jersey was won by Andrew Burgess. Chris Beckett's by Harriet Andrews. Uh, Ross Clark's jersey was won by Jessica Buckley. George Gale was won by Maxine Williams. James Pentecost was won by Kyle Donacci. Uh, Casey Wilson's was also won by Sophie Ashford. Uh, Dan Hitchens was won by Stu. And Leo Marquis was won by Lewis Tooley. Uh, I don't have, say, all the names of the raffle winners. Obviously, I was one. I know uh, that Chris McGill was one. 
and there was three other jerseys available there on the raffle. So congratulations to all you guys that won one of the jerseys. Uh, obviously, because they're match-worn, they're going to be incredibly big. So <laughs> any of the smaller of us probably not be able to, to, to wear them. But I'd just like to extend a massive thank you to all of you guys for listening to the podcast, for downloading it and sharing it. Apologies, it's taken a little longer to get the Christmas special out than I'd hoped. Um, but that's pushed us a little closer to Christmas. So if we all listen and download quite quickly, we might even make Christmas number one, which would be quite impressive. Uh, personal thanks from me for this season to Alana from the Chieftains, who sends me as many details as I can get my hands on. Mark Saunders, who sends us his exclusive coach's thoughts to go alongside the ones that go out on the social media for Chieftains. Uh, Grant Bartlett, who I thanked earlier because when I set up the podcast, he sort of reached out to me and made it so much easier for me to get the players on, which I know you guys enjoy when we get the players on for a chat and you're always good and comfortable with your questions. Um, and thanks to my wife, who doesn't moan as much as she probably should of the amount of time that it takes up of mine to get the podcast done. But as I say, I really enjoy doing it and I'm so glad that you guys have enjoyed it. And here's to a massive 2023 with it. We're, um, we're going to try and sort of slow down a little bit on the player interview so that we don't run out of players to talk to. So possibly only like one a week or one every other week. I'm going to try and get some other guests on as well. Some other people from within the club, maybe some sort of past officials to get a different perspective on the game. Um, I know a few of you have asked me. I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, that Petr Cech will come on at some point next year. That is in the workings. Uh, I have got a special guest in January or February. For you NHL fans, I'll be joined by the Sheriff, Sean McMorrow, at some point next year. So that's one to look forward to. And uh, and then we'll see you know, where we branch out from there. There is a little bit of merch available as well for Zero Pucks Given. If you head to the Instagram page and hit the link for the website, you'll find the merch store on there. That's... Um, yeah, it's a bit of fun, a bit of fun. Be uh, be incredible if I ever turn up to drink see anyone wearing some of that. That'll be uh, that'll be really something. So thank you to you guys. Have a wonderful Christmas, one and all, and a very happy new year. Let's go, Chieftains. This podcast is hosted by Anchor on Spotify. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast outlets. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to get notifications about new episodes. Follow us on social media, Instagram at Zero Pucks Given Podcast, Twitter at Zero Pucks Pod, YouTube at Zero Pucks Given, email Zero Pucks Given Podcast at gmail.com. The music in this podcast is taken from Spotify and I do not own the tracks. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.